in anything that I think of or in any activity that I do, I just try it. And then if it works, then I pursue it. it. I, I just, you know, I move, I move on with it. And if it doesn't, I just take it as my learning. And then I just like, you know, do some other new things and then I will capture the learning from the previous experience and apply it to the new experience. So I think that's what really makes me um, go for it. Welcome to the Ambitious Tribe podcast with your chief encourager, Cassie Pajarillo. It's time to drive ambition and build a better business with a plan that's clear, transformative, progressive, and profitable. Now for your host, Cassie Pajarillo. This is your host, Cassie, and welcome to another episode of the Ambitious Tribe Show, where we talk about and we talk to powerful, driven, and ambitious entrepreneurs of our generation. For today's episode, we're going to be talking to this amazing soul who has always had this discerning eye beyond the pageant stage and onto the runway. I'm pretty sure you're intrigued or curious by now on who this person is. Now, he carved his own path. He was able to pursue a dream that was far from what he graduated in. A true testimony that life may have curveballs, but your calling, your calling rather, will always win. So, dear driven and ambitious, we have the pageant mentor and fashion designer of the Miss Universe queens and celebrities in the Philippines, such as Megan Young, Jody Santa Maria, Shamsi Subsup, Miss Universe 2015 Pia Words Back, and our recent candidate, Miss Universe 2020 Rabia Mateo. We have none other than, of course, the one and only Bessie Besanya. Hi, Bessie. Hi, Cassie. Kamusta? How are you? All good. Um, pretty hot in here. Medyo summer na siya um, compared to where you are right now. Um, is it summer over there? I mean, how is it like over there? What's the weather like there? So I'm currently in Chicago and um, it's already summer, but the... Uh, but the Temperature is manageable. It's not as hot as the Philippines. <laughs> it's been quite a while. You've been there, and I mean, you've been there since two, three months ago. Has it been? Two months. Two months. Yeah, and I heard you're staying there until October. Well, yes. Just stay there for a bit. <laughs> I think it will be best as well instead of being in quarantine here in the Philippines. But I'm so happy that you're doing great. Okay, so um, Bessie, let's start the show. You good? Okay. Sure. All yeah. right. <laughs> so the first question I always ask my um, the people that I interview for this show is actually this: Who is Bessie? Many milestones ago. Okay, that's that's a very interesting question because people know that I'm a, I'm into fashion. I'm a full time mm. fashion designer as my career, and I am a pageant mentor as well to the beauty queens. But yes. many moons ago, I actually finished a degree in civil engineering from De La Salle <laughs> University, and of course, the expectation is for you to get into um, construction or to get into engineering, which I did. I actually hmm. practiced my profession for nine years. Um, I was an expert on real estate. I managed properties for multinational companies, which allowed me to travel across the world. I've been around Asia, China. I lived in China for a bit, um, in the U.S., uh, managing my clients' oh, wow. portfolio. Yeah, so um, basically, I know how to find a space for them, do construction, and manage the office spaces. So that was really my career for nine years. 
And at the last uh, part of my uh, corporate career, I was actually an expat living in Hong Kong. So that's the time that I realized that um, that job was really something that makes you know the bank roll, but it's not something that's fulfilling my heart. So that's a very interesting part of my career, and I've always looked back at it and saw it as a good opportunity for me to grow and to learn as an individual. But it's pretty rare for people in this kind of profession that you're on right now, from civil engineer to suddenly fashion. Like, what was the magical moment that created the path for you, or opened the door for you that said, "Okay, Bessie, this is the door. This is the opportunity you have to pursue." Like, how did you get there? Um, when I was graduating from La Salle, um, this, there's this one friend of mine from our organization, Santo God. Um, he just like randomly um, touched base with me and said, "Sis, um, let's go to College of Saint Benil because there's gonna be a graduation fashion show." So I was like, uh, "Okay." I mean, I just crossed the street. So yeah, uh, we did. We went to College of Saint Benil and we watched the graduation fashion show of the batch 2006. So um, when I was watching the fashion show. I was so drawn to the to the talent of the the individuals that are graduating from from that school, and then eventually I actually became friends with a lot of them um, until to this very date I consider them very good <laughs> friends. So that was actually my first taste of real fashion because of course you see fashion like on TV uh, on magazines, but this is like a physical. I'm watching it like I, I'm I'm knowing the people behind it. So that actually sparked my interest. So after that, I would volunteer with them, um, like you know, helping them with fashion shows, going to them with events, and um, being the talent Karen that I am. I'm always, <laughs> yes, you are. I'm always, I'm always open to like going to uh, fashion week or going to events. So and you know, I was very young at the time. I was 20 years old. So I was just out and about the town. So uh, my friends and I are uh, really bonded, and that really started my interest in fashion. So. During my nine years of corporate experience, um, I was actually doing volunteer work for fashion. I would volunteer for Philippine Fashion Week as uh, I had multiple jobs there. Like I would volunteer to um, um, help the models, or sometimes I would also volunteer to help the designers to do the backstage work. So it was very interesting. It was a part of my life that um, kind of fulfilled my soul, I would say. So um, while I was earning from my corporate career, I was feeding my soul with my um, fashion and pageant um, interests. Wow! So having to experience that, I mean, there's such a different, I mean, huge difference between fashion and, of course, architecture and that. Although I can also see the common, you know, the commonalities when it comes to the structure, you know, and the base, the foundation. I think that is where um, your strength also lies. But when did the entire big Bessie Besanya happened and okay so you went to the events you were being brought to all these things but when was the first time that you said okay you know what maybe this could be a career maybe this is going to be the it thing and I have to switch and it's a lucrative job compared to fashion in the Philippines I mean come on let's be realistic how did you maneuver that um siguro uh maybe like seven years down my corporate career I kind of That was the time that Megan Young won, mm. and um, a lot of opportunities opened for me. Like I started uh, knowing more people, you know, understanding the fashion and entertainment business uh, more because I'm always with Megan. Um, 
that told that experience told me that there's so much more to what I am doing. I've always been interested in fashion and the entertainment industry, but I never really knew how to get into it and to like maybe make money out of it. So um, it has always been at the back of my mind. And then um, before I left for Hong Kong for my my uh, my corporate uh, my uh, work there, um, I had a dinner with Shamsi. She's a very good friend. Um, and then she was telling me that um, because their um, her husband's family owns actually a, a manufacturing company for gar- uh, for fabrics, and it was she was telling me that why don't we try um, you know making a a business out of it like you can design and then or style it and then you know I can be the model and then the the family could produce the garments so it has always been running at the back of my mind so lagi siyang nandon um but when i was in hong kong that was the time that it really ignited because when you remove fashion and pageants in my um in my life mm. i actually felt so empty that the money that i was making i, I was making in hong kong which is a good sum of money didn't oh, really yeah. compensate didn't really compensate for everything so i told myself that pera lang yan like that's just money i can actually try and earn it from somewhere else so um you know i didn't really come from an affluent family so i i, I was really on my own so i started saving money when i was in hong kong so that i could figure out my next step so that, that's basically ah. what happened i was there i was there for a year um right. i was just like literally when i get my salary i was like You know, put a lot of money into things because I know that I'm not gonna stay. It's a matter of when and why and how. So eventually, when I came back to the Philippines, um, in 24, um, 2014, uh, Christmas time, um, I met up again with Shams and she was like really pushing me, like, if you're not happy, why don't you just pursue your passion or you know your interest? So that's the time that you know it, it really triggered me. So I went back to Hong Kong. Um, on the like fourth of January, and then I just immediately resigned, and I have to take uh, two more weeks, uh, two more months before I actually come back to the Philippines because I have to finish a lot of things in Hong Kong. So yeah, and then after coming back to the Philippines, I decided that so I had two options: was first is to go to the US, or second is to go back to the mm. Philippines and enroll in fashion. So I decided to go into fashion because that's what really my heart desires was. So I went in, I went back to the Philippines and I enrolled in fashion school. So at 30 years old. I was back in school. My classmates ko are like 18, 16, 20. Yeah. And I was like, I didn't, I didn't really care. It was so much fun yes. going back to school. Yeah. So did you mean that back in, I mean, the time that Megan actually went through the fashion, in, I mean, not the fashion, the pageantry. Oh, because Megan is from CSB, right? Yes. So is that yes. how yes. she, yeah, that's how you met? I mean, yeah, okay. So can you, can we already have, um, Assume that Megan was the one that opened slightly the door for you to get into the pageantry. All right, that's so cool. Um, actually, the I <clears throat> I go way back. So mm. the same time that I was actually um, that I met the friends that I had in um, Benilde, um, that was also the year that a friend of mine from school, also from Santugon, where I know where yeah. I met your husband, um, joined the Bidibini Pilipinas pageant. So her name is Rika. And then um, she just told me, you know, being a a, a gay guy uh, interested in pageants, like Bessie, I'm joining Bilibili Pilipinas. Like, can you help me out? You know, as a friend, I was like, of course, I will. Of like, course, <laughs> so I will support you. I will help you. So the same friend that inter- introduced me to the designers uh, brought me to Bilibili to Araneta Coliseum and um, introduced me to a lot to a lot of other people. 
So that time I met a lot of the friends that I made until to this very date I consider them my friends. Um and we formed uh so I I was interested in the pageant system. I formed I forged relationships with them and eventually we made the camp called Aces and Queens. So that Aces and Queens actually started in 2008. So I was a yes. pioneering member. And Aces and Queens is the camp that actually produced Megan Young, mm-hmm. Pia Wordsback, and Kylie Versosa. So I would really say that the my time in Aces in Aces and Queens, I had a very good run. Like um, we, it was a it was a time for growth. It was a time for learning, and we also broke the barriers for the Philippines because we also had Venus Ra in our roster of yeah. of um of mentees. So it was Venus who actually um you know cut the draught of the Philippines with the Miss Universe pageant. So. It was a full thing. That, that's how that's how I really started, and that's where I met Megan Young. You know, this is interesting. I didn't know that part of you. I mean, I was doing a little bit more research because naturally my husband wouldn't know. <laughs> so all that he knows are all the fun stuff in college. I was like, oh, you know what? You're useless. I'm not going to ask you anymore. I'm just going to rely on the internet. But I didn't know. I mean, I haven't seen that um, or maybe I just missed it about that aces and queens. So um, is it safe for me to assume that you kind of figured things out on your own and you built this alliance because you wanted to figure figure things out together and find the formula how to build beauty queens wow um i you yeah. um my 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 friends from aces and queens are more senior than i than i am like maybe yeah. five years my senior um yeah. and our common interest for beauty pageants uh, brought us together so kami yung type yes. of people that we'd randomly talk and we'll understand like para, oh my gosh in 1987 like we have that trivia We analyzed the pageant, so it was really an interest. I would really say that beauty pageant was an interest. It's just very same like basketball for guys. Yeah, you know, some other yeah. people would really love golf, right? Yeah. Or some people will really know like the chess players in the world. Me, for me, it's beauty pageant. Like I know the statistics. I know the countries that do, does well for beauty pageant. So I have that interest, and I share that same interest with my friends. And it just so happened that these friends of mine are. Achievers in their own field, like they own beauty, um, they own a modeling agency. Another yeah. friend of ours is an ex, uh, is an um executive at Shell. Another one is a lawyer. So, parang in our own diverse. field, we actually excel. It was a very diverse set of people. In our own field, we excel, and together we are very strong. I think yeah. that's how I see the team that I had with Aces and Queens. So, um. We are. I would really say that we're a very desirable batch of people, and I'm very proud to say that to this date, 2021, um, all of us achieved greater milestones um, in our pageant career. So, you know, I um, I managed Miss World Philippines um, for a couple mm-hmm. of years, and then after I relinquished that um, position in the organization, my friend who was also from Asia and Queens took over, and then the other two guys are now with Miss Universe Philippines. So we actually transcended from being fans to mentors, and now part of the organization of the national organizations. Super, super admirable, Bessie. I mean, look at you now. Uh, from coming, coming from that entire. Oh, okay, come with me to the fashion show and see if this is something for you. To go into the school and, you know, figuring things out together, but. Bessie, it's such a huge responsibility, honestly, especially in the, I mean, come on, the Philippines is like the, how do you call this? It's like the epitome of all pageantry. Like if you say Miss Universe, we all know, uh, guys, don't mess with the Philippines. So you pretty much is part, you played a huge part in that culture. Um, maybe I would love to ask you this question. 
what is the responsibility that I mean, or the vision and the responsibility that you guys saw when you built that alliance, when you built the Aces and Queens, and what was this big vision that you personally have that you incorporated in this endeavor that you're currently doing? Are you really pursuing that vision or has it grown tremendously? Um, I would say that the vision kept on changing. So initially, yeah. the re- the real vision was to find girls, fill in Binibini Pilipinas, and then win. That's the that's the initial vision <laughs> so of, good. of, you know, yeah, and to participate in the Miss Universe pageant because as you said, we are very, a page, we're a pageant crazy country, right? So that yes. was the, that was the real vision of the, of the team. And then eventually, mm. you know, we started winning. So on our first year, we actually won the Binibini Pilipinas Universe and the Binibini Pilipinas World title. So it was a feat. Um, and um, we achieved that year after year after year. Then the vision became bigger. It was to place in the Miss Universe pageant, and that happened with Venus Ra. And then after placing in the Miss Universe pageant with Venus, with Shamsi, with Janine Togonon, the next vision is to win the crown. Yes. It just so happened that when that was happening, it didn't happen with Miss Universe yet. It happened with Miss World first. And then yes. two years after Megan, Pia Works Back happened. So all of these things, the realization of our dreams really came together. And it really happened. So I think that's what is, um, and as an as a, a very um, how do I say it, adaptable individuals, um, we adapted to the requirements of the organization, of the of the camps, of the requirements of the girls. So we were successful in changing our own playing field. I think it's an obsession. I mean, what you all yes, an I agree. <laughs> I mean, having to hear what you're saying, it's not just a matter of winning, but rather an obsession of, okay, this is the strategy. It's like playing chess, of knowing, okay, where am I going? Which player am I going to put myself into or us into? Wow, that's so nice to hear. I, see, I think, I think yeah. siguro, um, since we are all achievers in our own rights, um, you, know, you, know, you know that idea that when achievers are a bit competitive, Yes. So we are, we are not competitive. Like I'm not saying that we're competitive to other people, but we're actually competitive to exactly. our own achievements. Yes. yes. So, parang yes. if we win this title this year, maybe next year we aim for another title. You know what I mean? So yeah, <laughs> that's it that's was such an obsession. And yeah. It, it paid off. It paid off. You know, when, at some point, um, one of the initial uh, dreams of our camp that time was to actually win the three main titles in the Philippines together. So that's the Universe World and International. We, and we started in 2008 and we only achieved that in 2016. So it, it was, it, you know, winning Miss World and winning Miss Universe actually came first before realizing that dream of getting the top three crowns. I mean, why not? We're already there anyway. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yes, that's right. correct. Oh my gosh. So let's get into the mindset of things because, you know, achieving something is a feat, sure, but I'm sure there's so much preparations in between that not only you had to go through or you as a team had to go through, but also, of course, the women that will be representing the Philippines. So, Betty, I would love to touch on that because now that a lot of people are heading towards their own path, whether it's becoming their own, you know, they're building their own career or being, you know, maybe a beauty queen who's been who will be listening to this, what do you think is essential for a person to succeed or how did you refine the mindset of the players, in this case, the beauty queens that you were training? And how did you also prepare yourself, of course? Um, 
for maybe I will talk about first from the end of the mentor. So from my yes. end, um, yes. our aim was to really find the best women in the Philippines. And when I say best women, it doesn't necessarily mean that when we find them, um, they're already like a beauty queen material. Um, part of the finding them is seeing the potential in a raw kind of person. Um, and it really comes in different forms and sizes, I would say. Um, and it's up to us to analyze if this uh, lady has what it takes to become a, a queen or a beauty queen. Um, I would share as an example um, Janine Togonon and Shamsi yeah. Supsu. When you look at Janine Togonon achieving first runner-up in Miss Universe, you would assume that she came from you know, a very good background of pageantry, right? And she did. Before becoming Miss Universe Philippines or Bilibili Pilipinas Universe, she was actually a Miss USD and she was first runner-up to Shamsi Supsu. So she had that background. She had that experience. She knows what she's doing and she is, um, her her direction is really towards Miss Universe. Now we look at Shamsi Supsu. When we met Shamsi Supsu, she didn't have, she didn't have any experience in beauty pageants, but we saw the potential. We saw that she has that raw potential of becoming a queen. So that's what's important for you to understand that not you don't see a beauty queen from a province and then you bring her to the national pageant. It's not like just like that. It's finding a girl who doesn't have any background at all and make her win the national title. I think that's a, an attitude that you have to have. Like you have to have a bigger perspective on the people that you meet. On top of that, um, for the girls, I always tell them that Um, there are so many aspirants to become beauty beauty queens, right? In Bilibini Pilipinas, there will be probably about a hundred. Um, there will probably about like a, a like a near thousand that will think that they would want to join the pageant. Um, mm. Maybe 200 that will try to train for the pageant, and maybe a mm. hundred that will actually try to apply for the pageant. And out of what out of that 100, there will only be 40 contestants. And then out of the 40 contestants, there will only one Bilibini Pilipinas universe. Well, at least that's, you know, for, for Bilibini Pilipinas yeah. at that time. Yeah. So that's the, that's, the, that's the statistics. If you're one of that thousand, and the chances of you being the one who will represent the Philippines is just like very, very, maliit na talaga, less than 1%. Yeah. But, but, but everybody could be a winner. When you join national pageants, It's it's a it's a it's a mindset like parang what will I get out of this comp of the out of this competition? Number one, you can actually get the crown. But if you don't get the crown, but and if you get the experience or the knowledge and the the connections that you make out of the competition, then you're still a winner because not all of us will have the same story. Not all yes. of us will be Pia words back, right? Yes. But all of us yes. can be somebody like myself. Who I've I've considered myself uh, a regular student. You know, I've never won anything in my life, but I always consider myself a winner. That's how I pers- that's how I instill the values to the ladies or to the women that I work with. That you know, whatever happens to your um, to your pageant career, it doesn't stop there. The crown does not stop your life, or it doesn't even define you of who you are. So there's a greater purpose in what you do in your life. When you do the pageants, you're in your mid or early 20s, right? There's so many things that could happen after that. So don't let don't let that um, achievement or defeat define you, but let it be a story or a knowledge that you will take on forever. Yeah, pero Betsy, it's such a responsibility, really. I mean, how do you ask? Okay, I think it's. I, I want to go back to a little bit of when you said, "When I see potential in you, 
right? I mean, it's, I think it's subjective. I mean, it's kind of. Yes. I mean, I, I just don't want to create controversy of whatsoever with the words that we're, ta- we're talking about. <laughs> right? I just wanted to be careful here. Um, but yes, number one, what is beauty queen potential? Right? That you said. How do you define a beauty queen in Bessie, at least in Bessie Besanya's eyes? And what is potentially a beauty queen for Miss Universe? Okay. Um, since the pageant has changed and evolved through the years, the definition of a beauty queen also changed. So before, yes. um, in the in the like 80s and 90s, I would always observe that beauty queens are very regal. Sinasabi nila hindi makabasag pinggan. So you know they're very they're very prim, they're very proper. You won't see them drinking or like smoking or anything like that. That's the beauty queen idea of what I had when I was young because I I grew up in the yeah. 90s. But in the 2000 when Trump uh, Donald Trump actually owned the pageant, the perspective of a beauty queen also changed. So the the perspective became you have to be a glamazon, meaning you have to be very tall, you have to be very curvaceous, you have to have a perfect body, you have to have a perfect uh, beauty. So it really it also happens that a lot of the Latinas, who is actually the perspective of what beautiful at that specific time for Miss Universe thrived in the pageant. But as time mm. goes by, it actually evolved again. So I think the evo- the evolution of the pageant started really during the time of Pia Words back um, once yes. more. So it's a matter of uh, finding women of purpose. Yes. So they don't yes. just really want women that you know are um, are very beautiful or like you know. Uh, I, I always say that the a beauty queen should be universally appealing. Like you know the beauty, the type of beauty of the person really appeals to a lot of markets. May it be from you know in the U.S. or maybe in Europe or maybe in the Philippines. So. Um, it should be a more diverse kind of type of beauty. On top of that, the purpose, uh, the person has to have purpose. And I think we saw that in a lot of beauty queens, especially with our very own uh, Pia Works back and Catriona Gray. Um, yes. They are not just beautiful women. They are women of substance. They are women of purpose. I think that's how the evolution of beauty queens uh, really happened. So now, when I look at um, ladies joining the pageant or have interests joining the pageant, I always ask them, like, parang, what is your what is your goal? Like, what is your mission in life? Like, what is your um, vision of, a, of, of what your career would be as a beauty queen? Because now in the Philippines, as a beauty queen, you have a lot of um, influence. Even if you're just a candidate, you have actually influence over, over other people. So that's now my vision of a beauty queen. If you're just there, you're gonna stand and you'll, you know, look beautiful. I think that's an empty kind of uh, a competition. So right, nowadays, you will really need to have, let's say, Um, a, a passion, a mission, an advocacy to be able to further your career, career as a beauty queen. And I think that's uh, the beautiful evolution of a, of a beauty queen. Hey, driven and ambitious, do you dig today's topic? Well, I'm interrupting my own episode to invite you to apply for the free private training through www.cassiepajarillo.com where you get to learn how to have a powerful profile online as you turn your network into paid high-ticket clients with a plan. If you're still scratching your head on how to make LinkedIn and social media work for you, this training has helped coaches, consultants, private practitioners, and content creators adopt digital transformation, have systems, processes, and structures in their practice, and be amazing profitable CEOs online. 
time. By the end of the training, you'll walk away with a deeper understanding, implementable way forward, and a roadmap for your online coaching or consulting businesses that's clear, transformative, progressive, and profitable. Remember, there are no glass ceilings, and you can definitely prioritize work-life integration. Apply today at www.cassiepajarillo.com. Link is in the description box below. Can't wait to see you there. And now let's get back to today's episode. Yes, it's really empowering. I noticed too that throughout this, you know, this pageantry with Pia and so and so forth, um, I've noticed that they are not talking about the advocacy just because you have an advocacy. I think that was what was common with the Trump administration <laughs> then, like just for the sake of having that. But now it's really having to walk the talk. Like even if, I mean, if you win or not, it has already been there or even way before you were in the pageantry, you're already running something. And that makes a woman really, well, not just a woman, maybe a human being in general even more impactful. And Miss Universe has so much influence, not just with women, but also everyone in the entire world. And I guess it's yeah. so much responsibility. So let's get into this entire, um, well, going back to you, this entire responsibility of a mentor. So let's get into the responsibility of a mentor. And then what is the responsibility of a mentee, right? Because you're forming, you're sharpening, you're you know, training this lovely woman. So mm -hmm. let me go with you first. What is your responsibility as a mentor for yourself and for the mentee that you are actually mentoring? Um, as a mentor, you really have to be able to guide the women on what to do. Because when you're venturing into something that um, as big as, you know, Bilibini Filipinas, Miss Universe Philippines, there's so many questions running to your head. Like, am I doing this right? Am I, am I on the right <laughs> path? There's always a question at, at the back of your head. So mm. as a mentor, part of my responsibility is to guide them, to tell them or to assure them that, yes, you're doing it right. Or maybe the same way, maybe uh, no. You have to improve on this one or on this aspect. So I think that's the uh, one of the most important things that a mentor should have. You have you have to guide the person on a personal level. On top of that, you also have to guide them on from a personality perspective. Um, there's so many beautiful women that I've met in my entire life that didn't push through or didn't win or didn't advance into the pageant system because they don't have a good attitude. So I think that is also part of what is required yeah. In, uh, in a beauty queen because if I'm the organization and um, I find this candidate very, you know, very appealing, but she doesn't have a good attitude. She always fight with everybody. She's always late or, you know, she's not following instructions. Then why would I want to work with her for one year? Or why do I, mm. why do I want her to have a power over other people to influence other people if she's not a good example herself? So I think that's very important. And these are the things that you don't see physically. These are the yeah. things that you have to um, instill to the woman that is actually participating in the beauty pageant. Of course, on top of that, you know, the, the glossy part of it, like the fashion side of it, I also men, men, mm. um, mentored them in terms of like what um, clothes fits you. Like if you're, let's say, maybe if, if you're a woman that has a bigger hips, like, you know, how do you deal with that with your clothing? If you're a woman that's a bit more, um, you don't have that much curve, like what do you need to wear? So um, I think that's very also very important to give yourself confidence. Like, you know, to, yes. um, to have that aura that when you're there, you're, you know that you're presenting your best self. And on top of that, of course, we also have the catwalk that is actually facilitated at, at that time, uh, facilitated by uh, Jonas Gafford, our Jonas. friend uh, from Miss Universe mm -hmm. Philippines. He now is the creative director of Miss Universe Philippines. Um, 
And then we also have a Q&A trainer, which is Nad Bronze, who's also now with Miss Universe Philippines. He's a legal expert in the, in the, in the pageant. Um, and then, of course, the other parts like, you know, um, um, doing your um, personality development. That's with Mama Rufa, who's now the general manager of Miss World. So, um, and then we also have John Quay, who's actually the fitness trainer of the mm. girls. So if you see, it's really a holistic approach on how the girls perceive the beauty pageant, um, you know, perspective. So that's how we are as a mentor. Um, we make sure that the girl is holistically complete when she competes for the pageant. So it's also very natural, you know, Cassie, it's uh, one of the things that I actually take home from mentoring these women um, in the beauty pageant industry is that I actually become friends with them after. Yeah. So even so after the pageant system, like um, a week ago, I was talking to this friend. She, already, she competed in 2010. So that's mm. 11 years ago. But up to this very date, we keep in touch, you know, I'm very good friends with uh, with her and her husband. And I also know the kids that she has right now. So I, I, I appreciate that because I didn't I didn't just stop from being a mentor. You know, we transcended to become yes, friends. friends. And what is the responsibility of a mentee to Bessie and to the pageantry? The first responsibility that you have to have as a mentee is that you have to be respond, um, you have to be dedicated in what you're doing. Because if you don't like what you're doing, if it's something that's that's pushed on you, you will not do it, or you will not yeah. perform. You will not attend. You will have, you will not have a good attitude towards it because we're we. Um, uh, I think people think that aces and aces and queens gets paid to actually mentor girls. No, we actually don't get paid of it. So that's why we request for the girls the dedication because we dedicate our Commitment. time and sometimes our money to actually help the women. So the only dedication that we need back from the women is the um, the dedication and the time. So we don't ask them to pay. We don't even ask them to pay us after the pageant. Not at all. Like even if you win the pageant, all the prize money goes to you. We don't really. Um, we don't really. You know, it's 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 yours. Um, we are happy to be part of your journey. So I think um, partially uh, we also like to have a bit of a gratitude, and I think that's a lot. That's something that I always tell women now. Um, that's lacking towards the new yes. um, set of competitors. Like sometimes they forget that they feel so entitled that they are, you know, you know, some some people make them free gowns or you know make their makeups for free, mm. and they become sometimes they 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 forget to be to, to be grateful to these people. So I think that's also one thing that I would like to remind um, aspiring beauty queens to be greater to the mentors and to the friends that you know were helping you throughout your journey. Yeah, it's humbling yourself and the self-awareness. And I think you're doing such great work, um, Bessie. I mean, wow, thank, thank you for you. letting us know that you guys aren't... I mean, it could be a very lucrative job, honestly, because especially now with a good track record that you guys now you know carry, I mean, it, I mean, it would have been, you know, if you were charged for that. But thank you for the work that you do. I mean, it's, it's admirable. Thank you. And wow, so much work. <laughs> so... Okay, thanks for letting us know uh, of, of that responsibility and the relationship that you have um, and also the relationship and the responsibility from the, of course, for the women. Now, let me ask you this, Bessie, where did this confidence, um, I mean, where, where did you find this confidence to actually go global? How did that even happen? What were you, what was the process? I think, you know, Filipinos, I think this is the, I, I'm not sure if you resonate with me, but Filipinos are scared to actually unleash their superpower that they have 
that we tend to like belittle ourselves just because maybe insert whatever reason there there is but with a Bessie who came from this background how did you unleash that superpower and went on went global um that's actually a very hard question for me Cassie you know why because I've always been a person that is not afraid to fail I think that's uh, one thing. Yes, that's that's one thing about me that a lot of people actually admire, and oh I don't. Mm. I just didn't observe it. It's actually people coming up to me and telling me that they ad- admire that specific trait of mine. Um, I'm not afraid of failure. Like, if I I have always believed that failure means first attempt in learning. So if ever I don't mm. succeed succeed on something, I always tell them that. You know, I tried. That's yeah. the worst thing that you could. The worst thing that could happen is that you didn't try. That's that, that's yeah. that's what I tell people always. So I think that's what really is different, or like maybe something that I have or I, or I possess that makes me successful. Because in anything that I think of or in any activity that I do, I just try it, and then if it works, then I pursue it. it. I I just you know I move I move on with it, and if it doesn't, I just take it as my learning, and then I just like you know, do some other new things and then I will capture the learning from the previous experience and apply it to the new experience. So I think that's what really makes me um, go for it. So, and I'm also very competitive in, for, you know, in my own self. Person. Like mm-hmm. I also, I also like Personally. to achieve things. I also like to achieve things. So um, I just keep on trying and I just, you know, I just enjoy it. And that's, that's, re- that's really how I do it. And when you're asking about being global, like for specifically for my band of Bessie Besana, um, that's the reason why I'm also here in Chicago because I'm also trying to, um, you know, moving forward to try to bring the the brand globally. And it's the same thing. Like, I just try it. You know, if it yeah. works, lucky Good. for me, right? But if it doesn't work, I always have the Philippines to come back to. So that's that's how I think. And that's, you know, it's really a mindset. And I'm not afraid of, of entering that uh, mindset of just trying it out. Well, thank you so much. I was just about to ask you about this uh, your your collection, you know, being presented in Europe and New York, and it's really, really beautiful that you just went for. It. I think that is the key to anything. I mean, life is too short for you not to try or to check on what else, whatever the world has in store for you. Um, let me ask you this: Is there such a, is there a specific question that you ask yourself or a formula? or some sort of framework that you follow that made you succeed and made your mentees also succeed in whether it's in your brand or whether with a pageantry is there such a framework that you follow um i wouldn't say specifically a framework but i have a mindset so what okay. happens is that if there's an opportunity presented to me like you know there's a i don't know maybe any any opportunity Mm. I see, I, I try to look at the opportunity if that's going to be beneficial to what I'm doing. Because uh, I have a friend. Um, yeah. He is an expert on human resources. And he told me that um, you have to understand, Bessie, what your, your greater goal is. And then with your greater goal, you have to understand if what you're doing today will contribute to that Beautiful. greater goal. So that's how I perceive my life and you know whatever I do in, 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 in life in general. Um, will, what I'm doing today will contribute to what my goal is. So if if the if the quick answer is yes, then I will pursue it. And then when I pursue something, ako yung tipo ng taong, I will take advantage of it. Like I will really 
squeeze everything that I can get out of that experience. Like for example, um, if I do a fashion show, a lot of people or a lot of designers actually do the fashion show and they're very happy with actually doing a show. When I do a fashion show, I just don't stop doing a fashion show. Number one, I make sure that I get good photos of the collection that I have. Like I make sure that I, I do a photo shoot so that all of the collections that I have, I can present to other people with that very beautiful photo shoot that I, like, like, that I created. And then I do the fashion show. When I do the fashion show, I invite my PR, clients. I invite, I invite the right people so that my, my brand keep on resonating to other people. And then after that, I will always touch base with people that I've worked with before, like publications, writers, and make sure that my collection gets out in the open or you know, people learn about my collection. So I'm not just a person who takes the fashion show. I, I'm, a per, I'm a designer that creates the fashion show and creates other avenue to make that collection or to make that, uh, to make that show um, bigger. Um, lately, I work with this uh, team and one of the biggest, um, um, I would say, uh, parang nice things that one of the people told me is that I really think like a CEO. I'm not just yes. a fashion designer. When yes. you're a CEO, you look at the full perspective of the yes. things that you're doing. It's the financial, it's the games, it's the marketing, it's the production. So I'm that type of person. And I attribute that to the experience that, that I had when I was in corporate. Because when you're in a corporate environment, you have to have your mindset on a bigger perspective rather than on just what you're looking at. And um, mm. I am very thankful with my experience. People always tell me, oh, maybe when you're 21 and you became a designer, maybe you'll have a bigger name right now. Yes, that could happen. But my, my experiences the, for the nine years that I was in corporate really contributed a lot to my personal development and growth onto who I am today. It really contributed to the maturity that I have with my work right now. So that I think, I look at things 360. I don't look at things just one, you know, on just one singular direction. I look at it all around. So I make sure that I make the most out of it. Oh my gosh. Thank you for saying that, Bessie. Uh, majority of the people too who comes into the world of entrepreneurship forgets that it's not just about selling a product you'll have to maximize every window and opportunity there is and how are you going to help also you know that the product or whoever the receiver and looking into it in different angles my god i mean thank you so much for saying that i mean i think i hope if there's anything that our view our viewers and also our listeners will (laughs) learn from this episode is to think of the horizon from different facets of what you can do. So Bessie, did you ever invest in yourself? Like what was the greatest investment that you ever gave yourself that brought you to where you are also right now? I mean, I'm sure you did. You know, that's funny because when I started with my career in fashion, um, I bought a sewing machine for half the price. I'm very good in sourcing. I bought the, my first sewing. <laughs> I bought my first sewing machine from a friend who decided that he will not pursue fashion anymore. So I think that was my. I think from a fashion perspective, that was my first good investment for myself because I didn't um, think of buying something expensive. I thought I thought more of an economical way to actually actually achieve what I needed in my career. But mm. but from a personal perspective. Um, I think my travels really contributed a lot to who I am today. I'm a person who really likes traveling. I like experiencing yeah. new cultures. I'm a person yeah. who likes experiencing new places. And I'm all just, you know, just like in life, I'm not afraid to go in a place. Like I always try to uh, venture into some new place that I've not, I've never been to. 
funny enough, I'm here in Chicago for two months now, but I've never been to Chicago. This is my first time actually going to Chicago. And it didn't really stop me. Like, you know, I enjoy being here. Um, I like the, the, the idea of being, tra- of, you know, being able to travel here. Um, and I think that's the best investment that you can have. Um, the other day, my friend was asking me, uh, "What like what's my vice? What my vice is like? If I smoke yeah. or if I drink yeah. or if, like, I actually don't have any. My my real vice is just really traveling or like you know getting mm. life experience. Like if there's a new restaurant, I will try it. If there's a new activity, I will also try it. So I'm I'm that type of person. I invest on experience and I invest on you know also having time with friends and people because I'm a very outgoing person. I'm really an extrovert." And um, I really value the people that I meet because I've always believed that when you meet another person, that person, the reason why you met that person is because that person might able to on, to able to contribute with something in your life. So those are the things that are my in- personal investment to myself. No wonder you are my husband's friend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he is also the type of person who would bank on, you know, whenever we talk about life in general like what kind of investments do we really are going to put into you know what kind of life that we want he is also the type of person who would say the rich life for him is actually the experiences and the time that you get to open your eyes to different stuff right and to different experiences and to try he actually wants to go on a cruise i was like oh i gotta stuck there just one thing but he said but you haven't tried it i'm like you know what Okay, let's go for it. So Cassie, I've tried. You yeah. know, I, I was also I, I also this, I also think the same way with you. Um, I didn't yeah. really like the idea of a cruise, but a friend yeah. of mine actually treated me to a cruise from Sweden to Finland and back to Sweden. It was yeah, an overnight was thing. Yeah, how was it? It's actually quite fun because you know there's yeah. I didn't know that there's so many things that could happen in a cruise. Happening. Like there's there's a show, you know, there's a buffet. So I was like, oh, okay, this is. A, because I'm actually very scared of going to the boat, going on a cruise or in a boat or a yacht. Like that's my ultimate. Like, maybe not my ultimate fear. Maybe skydiving might be my ultimate fear. But I'm actually very afraid to be out in the ocean. So parang oh, I was I I didn't like that idea. But when I tried it, you know, it was actually very safe. So um, try it out. Like you know, try it out. Yeah. It's a good experience. I done it once. I would probably not do it again. But at least I can say that I tried it. <laughs> exactly. So that's what I just wanted to say. So we define our rich life according to you know the fears that we have, or maybe the stuff that you're avoiding. But maybe it can also change your life too. So a true, couple more true. questions Agreed. before before we end this episode. I mean, I'm having fun actually. I wish we can do this again. Maybe we should. <laughs> of um, course, of course. One for you. Yeah, maybe we can do it over LinkedIn Live. So this is going to be perfect. Sure. All right. So my question is, what is a day like? Um, what is what what's a day in the life of Desi Busana like? Ah, okay. This is very interesting because I never have a very standard day. I don't have a routine. But oh. okay. definitely, I wouldn't start my day. So it's actually 11 o'clock here in, in Chicago. I would never start my day without a coffee. So that's my first thing. So um, it's a must. It's, it, it's, a, it's, it's in my uh, must list. And then after that, anything could happen in that day. Um, I set goals. Like I'm, I'm, I know, I'm a notebook person. Like I would write my to-do list. And then I would try to take them off one by one on a daily basis. Um, and But... I don't really have a standard thing to do on a day on a day-to-day basis. Um, I just like achieving things. Like, I keep on changing um, my goals every day. So that's how I work on. And I'm a go-getter. 
like if I think of something now, I would probably do it already. So that's how I really run my life. I, I sometimes I'm not a I'm not a fan of procrastination. Like if I just want to do things, that I'm you know if I think of like okay maybe I should buy like a, a new coffee maker today. Then let's go to the shop and just like you know get out you know get it on and get just, it you know, finish it. Yeah. yeah, that's it. So I'm the type of person. So I I, I like achieving that those kinds of things. So. And I'm also fixated in finishing stuff. Like I don't like. That's why I don't. I don't. You know, when they say I don't. I don't like. I, I've never played casino because I'm the type of person that when I start something, I keep on doing it. So, and same with series. Oh my god, I'm so I'm so addicted to series. Like if I start a series, I would like finish. I really finish. It never it. So, ends. Yeah. So I'm I'm that type of person. I like finishing things. So when I start something, I make sure that I finish it before I move on to my next project. I think it always it also shows in what you do. I mean, being laser focused and your interest is overflowing. I think that's the creative mind working at the same time. Um, that's why maybe yes. that's why yeah right. Okay, so before we end this, a question also is: What are actionable steps that makes a person a queen of their own right? Okay. Um, when you know, okay, you number one. I've all I always tell people. Um, that you actually have to understand your core values. Like you have to understand who you are. You have to understand, like, what you stand for in life, and you have to understand that of the things that are important to you. After knowing those things, everything will flow naturally, and everything will happen through your own um, accord, to your own means. Because when you understand what is important to you, you will be able to create actions for you to amplify that to the world. I think that's what is important with um with anybody in 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 this world as well. Um and you have to as long as I always tell people that as long as you're not um stepping on other people's toes or as long as you're advocating for the things that you believe in then you're on the right path. You don't have to achieve so many things in life. You don't have to be a miss universe to say that you're a queen. You have to be able to um instill difference and influence on other people to be able to see that you are actually um you know successful in what you're doing and it could be like to a lot of people it could also mm. be to just a want to just one person as if you if you're a mom and then you are able to bring up your um your kid in a very good way or you know in a very integral way um and i think that you're very successful and you know success is really also defined differently from different points of view and um If a person's definition of success is differs from one another, then so be it, right? Be it. Um, yeah. it it is what it is, and um, I'm very happy that I could say that my heart is always filled. My heart has always been in my mm. in my throat because I've always been happy in anything that I do, and I've mm. and I've tried to instill that with other people. That you know, um, stop comparing yourself. There will always be people who will be achieving different things in life. But so what is important is that if you're happy, then you're success. You're succeeding in life. Yeah, happiness, it's priceless. That's so true. That's true. That's it's so very, very true. true. It's very, very true. <sighs> well, we have a community question from Aiza Antonio, and her question okay. is: Okay, what's your take on Miss Universe allowing transgender women to enter the pageant? What is there for us to understand or yet to know? You know that that question is actually very timely and relevant because it's the Pride Pride Month. Okay. It's June mm -hmm. is Pride Month, and um, 
it's being celebrated all around the world. Yes. I will be very honest that when I learned that the Miss Universe organization um, decided that they will allow transgender women to participate in the pageant, it didn't, I didn't really resonate um, with the decision immediately because I've been a fan of the pageant since, you know, I can remember watching it on TV. <laughs> so yeah. I, have that, I have that very traditional mindset of what a beauty queen is. Um, having said that, I'm also a person that embraces change. Um, when they finally had their first contestant in 2018 um, through the name of Angela Ponce representing Spain, um, it was an enlightening moment for me. I realized that women are women um, and I've embraced you know, the transgender community. I Actually, one of my best friends is actually a transgender woman advocating for the same cause. And I've supported the cause. And I, I, now I'm a very a big supporter of the transgender uh, community joining the beauty pageant industry. Um, I was very lucky and fortunate to be in Bangkok, Thailand when mm. that happened, uh, that, uh, that momentous participation of yes. Angela Ponce happened in Miss Universe. Um, when she came out, there was a segment dedicated to her during the pageant. And when mm. she came out of the, of the backstage, I actually cried because I felt that um, Angela Ponce being on that stage is a step for humanity. Not only for the transgender community, but it is, it is a step for humanity. It is a step for people um, saying that the transgender community has arrived. That the door has been opened. And it's a matter of time um, to, fully, um, to fully see that all around the world. You know, a hundred years ago, um, women didn't get the chance to vote. Women are not given the equal opportunity uh, with men. Um, but now you can see women um, getting the same opportunity with men. Yes. So I wouldn't be surprised that in the next few years or so, the LGBTQI community will also have the same. And I'm very grateful and I'm very happy that I'm part of that community. And I've also, um, in my own small ways, I've also inst um, helped out um, you know, in furthering the advocacies of the LGBT community with whatever advocacy or uh, with whatever um, bills or rights that the LGBT community will have, um, I will support. That's, that's how I want to be a part, um, to be an active uh, part of the of the community that I am um, part of, so I am very supportive of the of the move of the organization to actually allow transgender women, and I'm very happy that the other organizations are also following suit. There are also other international organizations of pageants that have expressed their um, their support. interest or maybe the support mm -hmm. that they are also allowing the transgender community to join the pageant. Well, it's always going to be a very controversial um, question, I believe, because that's true. That's true, right? I mean, for there are women who would say, "Hey, it's Miss Universe are for those who are born as women," and there's a supernatural. Is that the, the supernational? Yeah. Yes, yeah. In for, this world, yeah, yeah. So why are they going? Why oh, are the? I mean, sorry. I, I have to correct that, Cassie. The the prestigious pageant for the transgender women is the Miss International Queen, MIQ. Oh, sorry, there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, so there is MIQ and then there's Miss Universe. So, I mean, if there is such a thing as segregation, or if that's even the right word, right? So, why are they going to put it, put the trans in the Miss Universe pageant? But I understand too, right? That I think change is really not 
going to be applied overnight. Change is always going to be a discussion. Change is always going to be a continuous journey of a lot of things. So I guess that's... Definitely, that's, definitely. Yeah. And what a time to be alive, right? What a time to be alive. I know. Okay. Actually, I'm very... I'm actually very happy to be in this era because yes, the changes likewise. is really happening. And you know, Cassie, one of the things that I also tell people is that I actually feel grateful because mm. I also experienced the time that there was no um, internet, not much technology, not te- not much technology is out there. So <laughs> when I when we were young, yes, we playing outside the street, and then we also experienced playing PlayStation. So I am very happy that I I was born in a time where I actually got to experience both worlds. Exactly. So many things is happening in this generation. It's just, it's amazing. What a time to be alive, really. So thank you so much again, uh, Bessie. How can they find you? How can they work with you? What is yet in store for Bessie? So um, I'm going global. So of course, I will be here in Chicago for a bit. Um, but you can follow me on my social. So I, my Instagram is Bessie Besana. That's for my designer profile. I also have my Bessie Bisana Bridal, which is actually focused on my bridal line. And then I also have another brand called Thurver. That's T-E-R-V-E-R, which is actually a line of um, streamlined clothing. Uh, it's an RTW line, so it's more affordable than my uh, than the custom-made uh, pieces from Bessie Bisana. Um, you can find that also on Instagram via Shop Thurver. And we are actually available to be purchased via Lazada. Shopee in the Philippines and globally we also are um, we're also available on shopterver.com so you can actually catch oh us there on those channels so many things happening how do you even juggle Bessie I don't even know but thank you so much for the work <laughs> that you do think like a thank CEO you. that's the greatest thing that I would ever just wanted to say hope you guys are listening and tuned in until the end okay <laughs> All right. So again, what I learned from Bessie here is actually more on humbling yourself and also having this self-assessment and having to really know what you are destined to, having to respond to your calling and not to be scared of go of being bold, taking risks and investing in yourself and, you know, leaving the word what if out of the window and just go for it. Um, thank you so much again, Bessie, for today's episode. So everyone. Thank you, Cassie. Yes, of course. Thank you so much. So do drop me a message on Instagram or on LinkedIn. It's Cassie Pajarillo. And do let us know what you picked up on today's episode. And we'd love to feature you. Or if you've got any questions, send it over and we'll endeavor to have that discuss on the succeeding episodes. Again, this is your chief encourager, your host, Cassie Pajarillo Braganza. Drive ambition, serve love, be awesome. Take care, you guys. Heart, heart. <laughs> Thanks, Bess. You just finished listening to another episode of the Ambitious Tribe podcast by Cassie Bajarillo. If you liked today's episode, make sure to leave Cassie a review on iTunes and share this podcast with your friends on social media. It's also available on Spotify and Google Podcast. Don't forget to tag Cassie Bajarillo on Instagram or message her straight on LinkedIn. You may also head over to the Ambitious Tribe with a Plan Facebook group and be encouraged by soul-aligned and ambitious humans on the planet. Remember, you can definitely build a better business.